Life with diabetes has some highs and lows, but just like in a normal life, you can make choices which help to make your life easier, improve your health and well-being. In the Diabetic and Healthy podcast, we show you how to do just that. We're here to help you put your diabetes worries behind so that you can start enjoying life with a sky-high smile on your face. So let's meet our host for today's show. Here's Charlotte. Hello and welcome to episode two of Diabetic and Healthy. If you listened to our first podcast, thank you so much for coming back and a big hi and welcome if you are a new listener. Last week I was talking about how we often try to make healthy changes for New Year and the reasons why sometimes they don't work. We were all going to try and make one small change and increase our step count each day. So I really hope you've achieved that. Big pat on the back if you have. Following on from talking about new fitness regimes last week, in today's show I'm going to share with you part of an interview that I did with a lovely lady called Gemma. Gemma's a working mum of three boys and has had type 1 diabetes for many years now. She was diagnosed 28 weeks into her first pregnancy with what the doctors originally assumed was gestational diabetes. But unfortunately, after Gemma's son was born, it became clear that she actually had type 1 diabetes. So not only did Gemma have a newborn baby to look after, she also had this shock diagnosis and new condition to manage. Gemma has been kind enough to share her story and agreed to let us follow her journey as she makes some real changes to her lifestyle. After the interview, I'll be talking about some of the challenges that Gemma's encountered and what advice I would give for anyone having similar issues. So this is me catching up with Gemma after she had what felt like a rather frustrating gym session. Hi Gemma, how are you? I'm good, thank you Charlotte, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, What have you been up to today then? Um, Okay, so today um, I worked this morning. Um, I've been really badly aching from a fit class that I did on Monday. And, um, but I went to the gym this afternoon and I just had the most horrendous session. Oh it was, no. It was just pointless me being there. Well, that's how it felt anyway. Okay. Why do you feel it was pointless? What didn't, what didn't go well? I ache. My thighs ache too much, but I know I needed to warm up. Um, and... I don't know, it just didn't, I just couldn't be bothered. I got up there and I just couldn't be bothered Just couldn't be bothered once you got there. Yeah. Do you feel that some of that is that you didn't have anything to follow when you were yeah, in there? So definitely. you're just kind of making it up as you go along? Yeah, and, and there were like other PTs up there and I think that if I'm on my own, then I'm going to do something wrong and they're going to be thinking, well, she's doing that wrong. So I'll stay away from that bit of equipment and I won't go back there until it's empty or they've yeah. moved. Um, I've just got no confidence still. Okay, but you've gone. Yeah. You've gone to the gym, which is a lot more than most people will do. Yeah. Um, so how did, how did you get over the initial, because I'm guessing if you don't feel confident in there now, initially, you were probably really nervous about going. I didn't want to. I got, I got forced into going to start (laughs) with, but I'm so glad my friend forced me into going because there's no way I would have gone to a gym of my own accord. Just off your own back. No, never. 
And you've been having, so, one-to-one sessions with a personal trainer? Yeah, that's, I have one, a one-to-one session with a personal trainer once a week. Um, I literally, Monday was my first actual class that I've been to ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't as daunting as I thought it was going to be. Okay. Um, and I'm glad I've done it. But I'm still really unconfident about trying a different class later in the day. Mm-hmm. I'd never, ever go to the gym of an evening because there's too many people there. Yeah. Um, I just, I still lack a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I don't think you're on your own. <laughs> I think there's loads of people, whether they have diabetes or not, that's just a general. Yeah. Some people have this big fear around the gym. Mm-hmm. Personally, I have found if I go in with a program... I I get on a lot better. Another thing I always do is wear my headphones. Yeah. I cannot go to the gym without my headphones on. If I'm listening to my music and I'm following my program, I just crack on and can work my way through it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, definitely stepping in there for the first time is is really hard. Really daunting. Um, So we've gone straight into you going to the gym. Yeah. Um, This is obviously quite a new thing for you. Yes. Um, why did you decide or why did you get forced into going to a gym? Because I knew I needed to do something. I'd done the Bertie course. Mm-hmm. and So, so that's I, like the carb counting. Yeah, carb yeah. counting. Because in 18 years of being a type 1 diabetic, I've never known how to control my diabetes, how to carb count or, or how to work out how to carb count. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'd done that, I realised just how many units of insulin I was injecting mm-hmm. because I I never used to test. So it was just guesswork. It was all guesswork, never tested, so I didn't really need to to worry about it. And and if I hypoed, I had a hypo, I'd deal with it. Yeah. But I never knew if one was coming on mm. until it was actually there. Um, so what, do you think during that time your sugars were just running high? All the time. My HbA1c was really high. Yeah. Um, but that was at the time that was your way of controlling it, just run it high and you don't... Run it high and also a fear of gaining more weight mm-hmm. because I knew that if your sugars are running high, you've got less chance of putting, of putting weight, weight on. Of putting weight on, yeah. Okay. Which is a really poor way to look at it. But because I didn't know how to get it under control by myself Mm. I just I was in denial yeah and during that time did you did you even look for help um yeah I did see the diabetic dietitian and she said right the way to carb count is we'll start on a ratio of 10 to 1 so if something's got 10 grams of carbs in you inject one unit Mm -hmm. so I went away and I did that and my sugar levels went through the roof. Yeah. So that was it for me. Yeah. It didn't work. Yeah. And and you just went back to your yeah. old. Let's just let's yeah, just, just guess it and let yeah. them run high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, unfortunately, I think you're not alone there. I think there's many people with type one who, in a way, through ease, deal with it like that. Not yeah. not that it is easy, but. It's easier to almost pretend it's not there. Yeah, absolutely. Not to check your blood sugar, then you can't see a number that's going to scare you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and guess guess your insulin doses. You're getting enough insulin in to keep you alive, yeah. but really, that's all you're all you're doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and did you find during that time that you felt unwell? No, I. You know, sometimes I might be like really thirsty, mm-hmm. and 
I might need to go to the toilet more often. Um, and I, yeah, I did feel tired. I would always have to have like an afternoon nap, even yeah. if it was in between clients, just 10, 15 minutes yeah. just to have a little nap because I was so tired I could have fallen asleep at work. But I suppose that just becomes the norm. It if, was the If norm. you've been it doing just, it for so yeah. long and you didn't know any different. Yeah, definitely. That's just my way of life. And the only time I really suffered is if I was to hypo, which didn't really happen a lot mm. because, because I was they were obviously running, so running high. high. Yeah. So what happened to trigger a change you've you know made made you're making changes now you know going to a personal trainer is is a big thing going to the gym is a big thing so to go from this as you say like in denial and all this guesswork to kind of where you are now what, what triggered a lot of things happened in a really short sort of space of time so to, to sort of cut a long story short, um, I had counselling, hmm. cognitive behavioural therapy. Yeah. The Libre given to me. Yeah. Um, and the Bertie course. Mm-hmm. So all those four things happened, happened. in a very short, in, in the space of like a couple of months. I mean, the CBT and the, like the counselling had been going on for a year previous to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and was that something you sought out yourself? Uh, diabetic counsellor okay because I had a bit of diabetic counselling because um, my consultant thought that that's what I needed I needed to see like the counsellor because my eating habits were Mm. totally irrational the way I thought was totally irrational Mm. so she thought to put me in touch with a diabetic counsellor she might be able to sort of like get to the root of the problem yeah but then that opened up another can of worms yeah sure and I ended up on um, a programme called the Freedom Programme. Yeah. Which I expect we'll talk about yeah, yeah, an- we can talk another about, time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the end result of, of like the counselling, the CBT, um, the Libre, the Bertie course, and then me thinking, oh, my God, the amount of carbs and the amount of insulin that I'm actually injecting now. Mm. I thought I've got to do something because I can't keep going on like this. I need to sort my life out. If I can get my blood sugars under control and I now know how to carb count... I've got to do something else with yeah. my life because yeah, I'm so unhappy. Yeah, now you've got the knowledge. You can't yeah. not use it Absolutely. And, and pretend that's not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what is your what's your overall kind of goal? Do Do you have an overall aim? Is it controlling your diabetes? Is it weight loss? Is it just you know kind of totally re um, kind of having a whole new lifestyle? Um, I don't. Yeah, I think my main aim is to lose weight get fitter and try and have a healthier relationship with food Mm -hmm. I've still got issues with food and I think any overweight person the reason why they're overweight possibly is because they have issues yeah yeah sure like emotional eating yeah absolutely because I will I will comfort eat I'll binge eat if I say to myself I'm going to start a diet I'll make sure that I eat as much as I can before before you start. Yeah, Yeah. sure. And it's it's stupid things like that. Or if I was going to um, a weight loss club that night that I got weighed in, Mm. that would be treat night, and I would gorge. Yeah, and it shouldn't be like that. I know it shouldn't be like that. Kind of going from starvation to binging. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, Because you know I've just been weighed in. Woohoo! I've lost two pounds. Let's go treat myself. Yeah. So reward myself with food. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I want, I, you know, I do want to 
You want more to have control a healthy, of that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And not feel the need to binge or eat rubbish or reward myself or, oh, I've had a bad day, I'm going to eat rubbish. Mm-hmm. I just want to be healthier and, and slimmer and, yeah, that's my main aim. Yeah. And to live longer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, and you have to, yeah, you do have to think about, um, you know, having diabetes, you have to think about um, your family as well as yourself. Absolutely, yeah. So I think that's an incentive for a lot of people as well. Yeah. Is just the fact that they want to be around more for their fa- family. They want to be healthy for their family. Yeah. Um, you know, you're a busy mum. Yeah. You're working. Like, it is important that you stay healthy. Yeah. Um, I know I messaged you the other day just to kind of check in and yep. see how you were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of said that you were looking forward to that message. Yeah. Because yeah. You, you need someone to hold you accountable. I do. I, if I haven't, if, I, if I'm out on my own, I'll, prob- I'll, I'll, not, I'll cheat. I'll, I'll just think, oh, it's only me that knows about this. Yeah. But if I've got someone on my case... Prime example, when um, I said to one of the diabetic team that I need someone to physically phone me yeah. and find out what my blood sugars have been like. Yeah. That they want me to test four times a day, so I need them to phone me once a week so I can give my readings in, yeah. like I did if when I was If you know pregnant. no one's going to see them. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was recording, I was testing my sugars, and I absolutely had a massive fear of not a fear I wasn't in, in in like I didn't I wasn't fearing a needle like finger pricking mm. but it was the whole oh, fearing the number yeah and, and the number yeah. as well um so I did it all for for a good week and then I never had the call from the diabetic oh, nurse yeah and I thought right well if I know I'm the type 1 diabetic and they don't they don't have to chase me but I did say that specifically what I what needed what you needed yeah and they didn't phone me, so I just threw the towel in and thought, right, I'm not testing them. Yeah. And then my tester went back in the cupboard, and that's where it stayed again. Yeah. Because I thought, well, if you can't be bothered with me, nor Neither can I. Neither can I. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's almost like a, a bit of a self-destructive absolutely behaviour. Yeah, it is. You're, you know, by checking the blood, yes, you're doing it because you know they're going to call you, but it's it's for you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, you I need know. to know those numbers, yeah, like yeah. to help yourself. But I I totally get the mentality behind. Yeah behind that um I know we've talked about previously keeping food diaries and things like that yeah. um as a personal trainer I found with most of my clients just the act of writing down what they're eating yeah. can be enough for them to uh, to eat healthier yeah definitely. because they don't they look at their day and think oh I've been really good I don't want to have to write yeah. down biscuits or yeah. or crisps or, exactly. or whatever they're reaching for so just a just the physical act of writing down what you're eating sometimes is yeah. enough to improve how you're eating. Yeah. So I guess that's the same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And definitely writing things down has helped me, like, with what I'm eating. However, if I do have biscuits, I am pretty honest and I will write it down. But so someone can say, right, don't have... Have one, but don't have four of them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if I've got someone on my case, that's that's how I work I work yeah. better with pressure yeah and knowing that someone is watching over me mm-hmm. but I mean you know in, in real life that's not realistic for that <laughs> to happen not all the always time. possible no but maybe someone doing that just to get you into those healthier yeah, habits yeah. in the first place yeah and then once it's a habit you'll continue to do it anyway yeah yeah 
So that was just a section of, I was going to say the interview that I did with Gemma, but actually it was more just a chat that Gemma and I were having um, about diabetes in general and her new kind of healthy lifestyle changes. And I just wanted to talk a bit more about some of the things that Gemma highlighted there. Um, One of them being gym fear. So (laughs) the dread of walking into a gym for the first time. This is totally natural because I'm sure as human beings, we are just petrified of the unknown most of the time. Um, And I think with gyms, often in our heads, it's somewhere that all the guys look like they should be on the front of men's health magazine and all the women look like bikini models and everyone's a pro everyone knows exactly what they're doing and we're going to walk in there average joe and make a fool of ourselves well the good news is that is not what a gym is like or certainly no gym that i've ever been in is like that Um, There's normally such a mixture of different kinds of people, um, young, old, uh, different abilities. Obviously, everyone's got different goals. Um, So you're not going to stand out in the slightest. So breathe. It's not that scary. (laughs) It really isn't what what we build it up to be in our heads. But I did want to just give some top tips for walking into the gym for the first time so things to kind of prepare you and help you get over those nerves and anxiety about going to the gym um my first tip would be go with a friend everything's more fun when we do it with one of our mates so try and talk a friend into joining the gym as well um that that's you know ideal scenario get your friend to join the gym you can train together um But I know that's not always possible. So you might have friends that would rather, I don't know, watch paint drive and go to a gym. So try and get a friend that will literally just come once or twice with you. You can get over your nerves. You get to know where everything is and you know what it's like. Um, And then, you know, they can leave you to it. And I'm sure you'll be absolutely fine. Um, So, yeah, top tip number one, go with a friend ideal scenario they join the gym as well and you train together or if not just find a friend it'll go with you once or twice um secondly i would say make sure you do have a gym induction so a gym induction is basically where one of a member of staff at the gym so it might be a pt or a gym instructor shows you around the gym so shows you all the different areas and what's where Um, And then they run through with you what the different machines or equipment, um, what they are, uh, what kind of what areas of the body they work out and how to set them up correctly for you. So do make the most of that. Have your induction because you're going to be a lot less nervous once you know where everything is and how things work a bit more. Then that should make you feel better. Um, If you don't want to do a full induction then just make sure you do ask for staff. That's what they're there for. You know, ask them, what what, what, what does this machine do and, and how do I use it? Um, next, I would say, listen to music. So put yourself together a killer playlist of all your favourite songs, pop your headphones on 
um, and really get get in the zone. So <laughs> I put my headphones on, and that's it. I am I'm doing my workout, and it just blocks out any of those thoughts of oh who's in the gym, who might be watching me, am I doing this right? Like put your music on, zone out, and focus on your workout and not everything else going on around you. Um, Lastly, I would say it is definitely beneficial to follow some kind of program or session plan. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go out and and get a personal trainer just to do do you a program. Excuse me, having a little cough there. Um, You can... You can get basic plans online. There's lots of apps now with programs to follow. It doesn't have to be complicated, just a simple program to help you so that when you walk in the gym, you've got some kind of structure to the session you're about to do. You can go in there and just do whatever you fancy, but you'll definitely get more out of it if you're following something. Okay, so that was my top tips for going into the gym for the first time. So go with a friend, make sure you have a gym induction, listen to some music and follow a programme. Gemma also spoke about how she went through a period of diabetes denial and kind of deliberately running her blood sugars high. So this is something I really want to dedicate some time to. So we're going to cover that in a future show and talk about that in much more detail. Um, Along with that, um, we're also mentioning kind of an unhealthy relationship with food. So again, that's a subject I really want to go into detail on. So we're going to save that one for another show. Um, but one thing I did want to talk about that Gemma mentioned was um, accountability. So this this quite interests me. I'm quite <laughs> I'm quite interested to know who else feels like this. So Gemma was saying how she kind of needs someone on her back a lot of the time to to basically to to keep her on the right path so if she knows she has got to tell somebody what her blood sugars are or tell somebody what she's been eating like that actually really helps her so I'm really interested to know if um if other people feel like this so for example if you're um if you have a diabetes nurse or a diabetes consultant if one of those asks you to write down your your blood sugar readings or track your readings somehow um basically just just record them so that you can share them um do do you do anything differently do you work harder to get to get your numbers spot on um yeah, I'm, I'm, I would like you to let me know if that is, if, if that's quite a general thing. I mean, there's a few people that I've spoken to and certainly I found um, with some of my personal training clients, so not so much just diabetes related, but just in general, if, for example, I ask them to write me a food diary for a week, they often say just the act of writing down what they are eating is enough to improve 
their diet, which is really interesting. Um, and I think that a lot of it is purely that it changes your thought process slightly. So a lot of our kind of unhealthy eating habits, I think, come from mindless eating. So, for example, at Christmas, when there's lots of chocolate and things around, so if there's a tub of roses, we'll walk past that tub of roses and our hand just goes in, we take our chocolate, eat it. Like, we're not hungry. We're, our, our blood sugar isn't dropping. We don't need that sugar. Um, but it, but it's there, so, so we eat it. Um, and I think just by writing it having to write it down just just makes you stop and think a second before making that that choice um it's almost it puts a little delay in there so it, rather than just reaching for food straight into your mouth <laughs> you reach for the food and think oh actually i've got to write that down do i really want it that much and that can be enough, just that little interruption in your pattern of reaching for something that maybe you shouldn't be eating um, is enough. So yeah, I, I have given you my email address previously, but I will give that to you again. So it's charlotte at diabeticandhealthy.com. And I would love to love to hear your, your kind of thoughts and, and stories on this, um, because it seems a, a common thing that we, we like to be held accountable. Or even if we don't like it, <laughs> it has a positive impact on us. On the subject of being held accountable, we are going to be checking back in with Gemma quite regularly to see how she's getting on with all her new healthy lifestyle changes. So that's going to be really interesting. We are coming to the end of today's show. So once again, thank you so much for listening. I really do hope you've enjoyed it. And if you haven't already, please do hit subscribe. Until next time, take care and have a happy and healthy day. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a healthy and happy life continues. Head on over to diabeticandhealthy.com and join the conversation with other diabetics and their families. All the information in this episode is not designed to replace the advice from the health professional team looking after you and your diabetes. Before making any significant lifestyle changes, do consult them with your doctor.